Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal, and we are brought to you weekly by AllAccessMMA.com. Check out AllAccessMMA.com for our video podcast. Ed, busy week last week, and we got a busy week to jump into this week. Uh, <laughs> anything you got to say before we get into this madness? I mean, we're going later because of trying to prep for this whole this this is I do have one one thing to say. I was thinking it all day when we were talking about recording tonight. Do you remember? It wasn't that long ago. We were like talking about how we had we were hard up for stuff to watch because of the pandemic, and then we talk about you know there there's the times when you know it was just uh, one thing a week or one couple one or two events a week, and now like I'm I'm on my I don't know how many times I've had to have two screens going for a, a fight night or fight nights. And this week, I mean, I'm sort of happy that we've got consecutive nights, but it's still a lot. Yeah, no doubt, and I'm sh- and we're the, oh, we're missing a ton, but we're gonna obviously jump on as many of the big things as as possible. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that because we had weeks where we were trying to figure out what we could talk about, uh, you know, because there was no event for we were looking for a UFC event every you know couple you know month and a half when we could get one back then during the earlier days of the, the flattening the curve, but. Um, yeah, so let's jump right into it then. Last week we uh, we started off. Uh, let's start off with uh, the PFL uh, playoffs uh, and and really really the fight that we're going to talk about is uh, Ray Cooper the third versus Rory McDonald. Uh, we didn't have a chance to do picks and talk about much about this fight, and uh, I don't know who you had lined up for that fight going in, but I'm kind of glad that I didn't get a chance to give my opinion on it because embarrass uh, ourselves it, 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 it would have been pretty bad yeah i mean we uh, did do picks for the for the bellator event but for this one you're right we didn't we didn't really look at it but one thing i gotta say is um uh ray cooper i i, I happened to be at the garden when he won the 2019 championship I actually sat right in front of him um did i download that picture um It'll take too long for me to put it to the, on this stream, but uh, it's it's I've it's been used in articles at my MMA news when I wrote the article on my MMA news and back then because if you remember back then that's when Rory McDonald signed with the PFL and that night even though he just won a million dollars and the title for 2019 uh, he was already saying I'm I want to fight him first like I want to fight Rory McDonald so he's had his sights set on Rory McDonald for two years. When you think about it, because they had to sit out 2020, mm-hmm. and we, I think that's a culmination of what we saw. Another thing I wanted to say was, I mean, and I'm curious to your opinion about this because, you know, uh, Ray Cooper is a PFL like you know they picked him up from the scratch and they brought you know they're bringing in all these UFC and Bellator. You know, Brody came from Bellator, um, uh, uh, Pettis from the UFC, and a couple of other f- fighters. You know, Clay Collard came from back from boxing to MMA to the PFL and um, all these fighters that, that were uh, like, because of where they came from, they were like favored to do well. Here we are at the, at the playoffs and they're, they're, I mean, well, we just had the first playoffs and and they're out. So I, I just feel like the PFL, the sense of urgency with the PFL athletes to, to fit, to have this thing figured out is, is carrying them over. Well, than guys that came over from what we're used to, I don't know what you think. 
Yeah. Um, I think they've done a good job of picking and choosing the guys to bring over and not necessarily because it's worked out with who they brought over, but it's helped bring eyes to their events where their uh, kind of self-made guys have, uh, have thrived in mm-hmm. a sense. Now we saw Collard uh, beat Pettis um, it, it is really how we were introduced to, to Pettis to PFL. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, uh, I probably underestimated Ray Cooper. Um, I know he won last season uh, that they had and, and he uh, he's on a win streak now and he had a, a tough stretch where he had, he had a uh, loss to who he's going to rematch now uh, Megamed Karimov. Uh, he gets to fight him again, but he had lost to him. He had lost mm-hmm. to Doomsday Howard. Uh, he had a draw with uh, Cy. Um, and he kind of looked like he was, but he's rebounded now five wins in a row, dominant fashion, knocking people out, submitting people, uh, grinding out, you know, borderline legends in, in, of the sport and Rory McDonald. Um, so I, I think it's, uh, I, I, I can't really say anything bad about the dude. I, I think he's quickly becoming must see TV um, where I know a lot of people who followed PFL would have said that that was the case from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think now you start to get, uh, you know, some of the outside eyes that, you know, uh, that you, you I'm going to tune in to watch it. Generally, you're going to tune in to watch it. I watched every one of his fights, but as far as me talking about with friends and me talking about in public what's going on, now I got a name that people are starting to see. This Roy McDonald win obviously opened up a lot of people's eyes because it was dominant. Uh, I, I thought Roy McDonald was going to do to him what he did to Roy McDonald, and uh, I'm, I'm living in rosy glasses of, of Roy McDonald past, and uh, I, I think, unfortunately, uh, as I, when I was doing some prep for the show, I saw uh, Nolan King on some of his. Yeah, I was, was going to bring that up. Mentioning that, that, you know, he, he's kind of on his third wind right now. And um, it, it, you know, each wind has kind of got, you know, his first wind was super strong. Then he had the second wind after the, uh, after the battles with uh, Lawler. And then he, you know, and then he suffered the losses to Lima and Mosasi. And we kind of thought he was going to make a third run here in PFL. Uh, at least I did. And, um, and and that that seems to be coming to to an end. I mean, the the tight table, the Lysantibu loss was a mm. was a joke, uh, but uh, it it just seemed like he wasn't in it. He didn't seem like he, it just didn't seem like the the psycho killer Rory McDonald that that yeah. had made him famous. Yeah, and and just to piggyback on what what the thing that you're talking about that was that Nolan said in, on the spinning back click over at MMA Junkie. Um, for folks that listen to this podcast or watch the podcast, Nolan's king of MMA junkies been on here a couple of times to talk fight the fight game with us. But uh, I agree with him wholeheartedly when it talks because because we saw shadows or hints of uh, I, I don't want to say there's the skills not there because I'm sure Rory McDonald will wax a lot of dudes still, but it just seems like there's not that whatever fire it was necessary. It's not there. I mean that that was kind of. I think that's kind of why we saw Bellator lose interest in in him as uh, because he started talking about it publicly. I mean, I don't. I don't think. I think that just didn't help him out with those negotiations. And um, I mean, this was a shot at a million, and he seemed favored to win. But if you're not into it, then you know, then you're not into it. I mean, just to. I mean, we could segue to. We could segue to Bellator off of this because of it. Just reminds me of what Gegard Mousasi told me when he talked about. We mentioned it last week. Gegard Mousasi flat out told me, and I asked him before we recorded last week at the at the Bellator Media Day when I zoomed in via Zoom. Um, you know, if you're if you're in the mood to fight, and he said he was, and 
you know, we saw the results of that with uh, Belter 264. But going back to Rory, I mean, it's the it's the um, I think we're just that's proof of uh, where your heart is. If it's not in the, if it's not in the uh, the league that you signed up for, then that's that's what we saw. I mean, not not to take anything away from Ray Cooper, of course, just like you said. No, no, he fought great. And and the Rory thing might just be physical more than even mental at this mm. point. His body might just not be it, it just it's taken the, the wars. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and he'll go down in history as one of the more exciting, just young superstars that this sport ever saw during his run. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you can only fight so many guys and just going up and wait to fight guys like, uh, you know, uh, Musasi and stuff is, is there's a, might be a lesson to be learned by that. You know, we'll, we'll see how uh, Adesanya's career unfolds through the next couple of years, you know, but you know, Blokovic didn't give him the same kind of beating that, Musasi gave but uh, when you go up and wait and you get beat like that and you know I don't know uh, we'll, but we'll see that might you know maybe he'll rally and win some fights in a row and like you said if, if he if he stays you know if he's fighting on the undercards of these events he's cleaning clean the house with most of the competition but if you're going to start talking guys that are legitimately now maybe moving into the top 10 worldwide ranking of the sport uh, mm-hmm. he, he just seems to be more on the outside so <clears throat> We'll wrap up that event. Ray Cooper wins. Megomed, Megomed, Karimov wins. They're set up for an October final uh, rematch from the, the first tournament season of PFL. So uh, great fight. Clay Collard suffered a, a kind of a BS decision loss on the card. Uh, if anybody were to go back and look at that. So kind of bad luck for Collard. Uh, but the Megomed, Karimov and uh, Cooper fight definitely would be something to look forward to come October and, and the final for the Walter White division. Uh, you mentioned the Bellator event. Why don't we just transfer right over there uh, to Masasi versus Salter. We saw that also uh, last Friday night. And uh, really, the well, before we get to the main event, the, the fight that I know you were raving about online and one of the fights that we talked about going in, um, I picked the Mega Medoff to win the fight, but uh, Refian Stotts, uh, right off the bat, both of them put on a fight of the year candidate. Uh, yeah. Maybe not a fight of the year because it wasn't the blood gore that then generally is going to kind of win those things, but more of like the uh, Tokoro LC Davis, just a great. MMA fight, I, you know, I see the smile on your face there because yeah. uh, I, I knew that would get there. But uh, yeah, that's what I mean. It, it, that, that was what MMA was all about. It's not about the cuts and the blood and the gore and everything. It's it's about position changes. It's about two guys at the top of the game uh, not giving each other an inch and both guys, you know, pushing it to the limit. And, and uh, the right guy won the fight. You know, Stutz, Stutz won the fight. He, he should have won the fight, in, in my opinion. But uh, but Megomed. Uh, Medoff put up. Uh, I mean, it was it was just a fun fight to watch. And yeah, I, mean, I, I know you were going crazy about it on, on Twitter. So I'm sure you yeah. have nothing but great things to say. Yeah, the um, the the just the back and forth between the two of them. I mean, uh, if there was any sort of feeling out, it only happened maybe in the beginning of round one, mm-hmm. because uh, the, I think the, the things that came out of this outside of I mean, I've known about uh, Stotts for a while. I've watched him come, you know, rise up when he when he fought in the regionals and stuff, and fighting in bellator um this fight um his wrestling i don't think i've ever seen i, I don't even want to say if it's right re- he says i mean he, his wrestling is good he just that's his base that's his bread and butter but it, to me it was more like his mma his counter to mma wrestling that 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 dagestani wrestling style because even when he got taken down this that step over he did in like round two or three i think it was i think it was round two when he did that step over off of a butterfly hooks it's kind of like an elevator hook but he just he literally kind of just like it was almost like a capoeira like kick but 
but he just used it to step over and then he was and he was on mount but the the defining moment of that fight for me was that at the at round three at the end of round three he has his he has Magomedov's back and he's going for the rear naked choke I don't even remember how Magomedov reversed the position to wind up on Stott's back for him to try to go for the choke but I mean I think the judges got it right just because of um Stott's had answers for everything Magomedov gave him and if you if you wanted to if you for those that want to argue, well, but they took each other's back and Magomedov was last. Um, the one that came closer to finishing was Stotts. Um, he's, he talked to in the post-fight press conference, he talked about, and uh, I, can't, I talked about this on the Sunday submission thing I do. I can't really do it with my headphone on. The, the one-handed uh, uh, choke, you have to grab the back of your own head. But I tweeted about it. I don't think the gloves would allow for, for that to happen. He was so close to it, though. Because his hand was all the way around, and we all saw Magomedov's face changing color. Mm-hmm. He said in the post-fight press conference that he was gurgling, and you know all the noises that come when someone's fighting off of a choke. Um, and he he said, "I got to go back to my coaches." But that that's the answer. Was that one the the choke? You know, behind the behind your own head, and and you kind of just straighten your back up, and that closes out to to get the same effect as if you were doing uh, rear naked choke. Magomedov doing the right defense, but the thing of it is. <laughs> The thing that was so annoying about it for me watching is because he was trying to, he was trying to push down or push off the left hook of Stotts, and that's why Stotts was able to sink in so deep because he had a hand down, he wasn't fighting the hand, so he was he was worried so much about getting the hook off instead of defending the choke. And the perfect example is right after that, Stotts did had his back taken, and if you watch, Stotts does nothing but defend the choke. He doesn't even address the hooks. Uh-huh. Plus, he, he also saw. That was like the time running out towards the end of the round. So I was just like, I mean, that fight. And um, I know I said I was going to mention it. Uh, I just leave the email. But Glossner, Sebastian, I wrote it down. Sebastian Ruiz versus uh, Glossner. Glossner won the fight via decision. But that was another back and forth. It was almost like the precursor to this fight. It was like a preview of what, like, like if someone was going to act out what you were going to see in mm. the main card. Like, that was the fight right there. So, um, I mean... I have to say, I mean, I know we're gonna we have more to talk about, but b- before we we continue, I just got to say I, this has to be my favorite Bellator card of the entire year. Um, I know you were at one live, so so that might change your decision because you were at the Staples Center, right? It was the Staples. No, uh, the Forum. The Forum. Sorry, you were at the Forum when they with the AJ McKee. That's pretty monumental too. But as far as some ball bag sitting at home watching on his TV. That brought me back, which is why I wrote about the L.C. Davis to Coral thing in my newsletter, because it reminded me of how much I used to always like watching the 135ers in Bellator fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the McKee-Pitbull fight magnitude for that fight itself was being there is hard to beat. And even, you know, that fight magnitude was huge. Mm-hmm. This fight, this this card didn't carry that weight as far as the meaning of a fight, but, but these, the main card, especially on here was better than the main card, uh, from, from two sixty three. So and that's just how it worked out. Even, even the McKee fight wasn't a great fight. It was just, it ended brutally and, and with the crowd and all that was what brought the atmosphere for that fight. This fight card was solid. I'd have to look back to say if it was my favorite, but it was up there. Um, and some of that had to do with the, my how great the Stotts fight was, and then we moved right into a couple of my favorite fighters. Really, uh, Andre Korshkov returns to Bellator, uh, former champ there, uh, moves to twenty four and four, dominant, dominant decision win over Sabat Hamasi, uh, who 
tough mm-hmm. as tough as nails, but um, I think I kind of mentioned it. Kind of, kind of felt like it was just kind of more of a stepping stone fight for uh, for Korshkov to get him back in the mix. And, oh, you and just, I'm glad you brought that up because they they released the rankings today. Oh, there you go. And, and I was I was paying attention so much to um, the 135 rankings because I wanted to see how far stats went up. I want to see because uh, Korshkov wasn't ranked, and then he should be. He's got to be at least three, four, or five. Uh, he's eight. Well, that's weird. Can you bring it up on the screen? Uh, or can you it, tell actually, me who's ahead of him? Actually, I can bring it up. Let me bring up the. Um, yeah, let me let me bring that up. Yeah, because I can't think of seven other Walter Wins <laughs> off the top of my head that are better. Well, than I mean, Hamasi was ten. If I'm remembering correctly, Hamasi was ten. Correct, yeah. and I don't think you jump necessarily off the win off Hamasi like that, but uh, had Korishkov been active in Bellator, I can't imagine right. him falling lower than five. All right, let's remove this. <laughs> we'll bring up we'll bring up the we'll bring that up later. That's a bracket for when we get into this one. So this is on Bellator.com on their under their news section. They just announced these today. Um add this to the stream. Um, there we go. All right. So, so. here's uh, Korshkov right here. All right. So the Walter White Rays, Amasov champion, Lima makes sense. Page fine. Jason Jackson fine. Neiman Gracie, Logan story, Derek Anderson, Paul Daly, Andre Korshkov. There's no way in any world, as much as I love Paul Daly and like Derek mm-hmm. Anderson, that Korshkov should be ranked behind both of those guys. Mm. Um, especially since he's been fighting at 175 uh, daily. Yeah, that's even a better point. And how about the fact that you know, I yeah, I, again, I'm not looking to badmouth any of these guys because they're all freaking killers. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I it, if if my rankings, I would have I'd put Korshkov at four behind uh, Jason Jackson. If I was doing it, he'd be my fourth ranked fighter. Mm. I'd be setting up a fight with Neiman Gracie or or or. Uh, or 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 uh, Jackson if he wins. Logan Storley fights. The, fight, Logan Storley fights this uh, <laughs> this this upcoming weekend. So uh, possibly with the schedules working out, if he able to get a win there, maybe that's something you set up for Korshkov. But yeah, mm. I uh, <laughs> excuse me, I uh, I'm surprised at that ranking. Uh, and then I'm looking at the rankings now for middleweight, which brings us to the the main event where we saw Gegard Mousasi and John Salter. Uh, Austin yeah. Vanderfurt was in the house uh, working the uh, working the table with the the commentary guys, and uh, he looks like he's now the number one contender to face Gegard Mousasi, who was successful uh, in a uh, with a third round finish over John Salter after uh, after being held down and, and losing basically the first round. Uh, mm. He came back. Uh, showed the poise that Gegard Mousasi has always showed and uh, and was able to finish his opponent. Uh, yeah, you know, it was weird about that in the uh, post-fight press conference. He he uh, he actually said, um, he was like, I could have gotten up if I wanted to, but, you know, he he, he felt it would have been more tactful. I don't remember his words exactly, but it was more, obviously it paid off to make Salter kind of like exhaust himself with everything he was trying because when it, we saw, you know, Musasi eventually. Not only was he on top when he finished him, but I mean, I, I don't know if it was my TV, by the way, but for you, did it sound like those shots from Musasi on the ground seem loud? I mean, there was fans in the in that arena too. Oh yeah, yeah. he carries heavy punches. I was yeah. uh, early in his career. I was ringside when he fought Babalu and um, Sokaju, mm. and he and he 
for strike force and he same kind of thing you know not not mounted ground and pound but you know standing over the guys and just beat the living hell out of them and dude he he knows how to throw that punch mm-hmm. even his jab and everything i think uh, it was your boy john mccarthy was mentioning that and you know he <laughs> he knows he knows how to use his energy as good as any fighter really that's probably ever walked this planet but at the same time that's what's led to some of the lackadaisical fights i think where he's gotten comfortable uh, in fights and in the past he might have settled to be taken down again you know another time or two um th- he did mention that there was no reason to five round fight giving away run round for him wasn't a concern he knew he'd have the better gas tank and um and, and he started landing some of those elbows actually at the end of the first round i think what really turned the tide was knees to the body um Salter mm-hmm. was trying to take him down and the announcers really didn't pick up on it as much as I thought they should have. But uh, it, yeah, he, to me, and if I watch it again, I think, I think Musashi drops him two or three times uh, with knees. Now, when I say drop him, he goes from being taken down to <clears throat> Salter fell down, went down to a knee and you generally wouldn't drop down to a knee to, to try to complete the takedown he was doing. So uh, I think that that really kind of, you know, not to, play on words but gutted him and uh, and caused uh and i think that that really hurt his gas tank because of by halfway through round two i think it started to appear to be a, a just a matter of time barring a uh barring a, a kind of a fluky shot that musashi was gonna pick up the win and, and and prove that he is as good as we've all thought he was and and you know really where he stands in this division now with that said austin vanderfort's a hell of a challenge for him mm-hmm. and I, you know, we, we obviously are going to be months probably away still from picking that fight. Yeah. Um, but if I had to pick just right now, I would have a hard time not picking Vanderfort. Seeing that, knowing that Musashi can be taken down and seeing how good Vanderfort has been on the ground uh, and how good his wrestling and control has been. Uh, and, he's t- and he's just tough. He's just tough. Like He's just tough. Both the guys are tough durable. as nails, but... Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's two incredibly durable fighters. I'm just wondering if he has the style that historically has caused Musasi some issues. So I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I'll have to look forward, see how it goes, see how they're training, how the weight cuts for everybody end up going when that fight comes. Well, but- you saw, you saw uh, during, I mean, you mentioned it, so you had to see it. But, uh, you know, obviously there's an injury that Vanderford is nursing. So we'll probably, it's going to be a while. Anyway, despite the fact that Musashi just fought, you have that too that we got to wait and see what's going to happen there. I just, but also looking at the ratings, who else? Who else? There's not like a fight on that division that Musashi mm-hmm. should take to wait for him, right? Like who? I mean, you want to sell a fight? There's not a whole lot. I mean, he hasn't fought, you know, Van Steins or this. You know, I don't even. I, I honestly, I don't even know who Johnny Elblin is. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> But he he might have to look to another weight class or or somebody maybe coming up to fight him. Um, but I mean, just to go back to the thing about the one thirty five ers, look at these dudes. The thirty five uh, pound <laughs> division in, in Bellator is now. It's, uh, it's look at this. Yeah. It's all murderers. Yeah. No, it's it's. <laughs> I mean, people want to talk junk about Gallagher, but he look. I mean, he's not eleven to one because he sucks. You know what I mean? Uh, and his only losses to uh, yeah, it, it's, it's yeah. He's, yeah, he's fought yeah. only the best. I mean, this is this is just it's always been like that for me. I mean, but um, yeah. So these are the updated rankings up at Beltor.com if you want to check them out for yourself. Um uh really quick, where's the where's the heavyweight? Top right there. So yeah, and then that, you know, we can yeah. So 
we might as well just, we got it up here. We might as well jump to this weekend's Bellator card because it's kind of highlighted off of your heavyweight ranking right there. The main event, mm-hmm. uh, Czech Congo fights uh, Sergei Karatanov, who is not ranked, but it might be because he hasn't fought in the last year in Bellator is what I would I was going to say, where did he fight? Didn't he just fight uh, somewhere he's had, else? Yeah, he's had some outside fights and he's had uh, uh, fights for, he had, he's had a couple boxing matches. Uh, you know, he constantly keeping busy, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's the, the constant, you know, two long time pros now in, in Congo mm-hmm. and uh, he's coming off a boxing win. Uh, and then he fought, uh, he had MMA win over Ollie Thompson, another boxing win. And so yeah, if, he's, Ka- if he, if he gets a win over Congo, who's ranked number three, then he he's in the rankings. Yes, and he may even be in the rankings with a loss, depending on how the fight goes. To be honest, just, mm. just seeing the lower end of the heavyweight division. But, uh, but with that said, I mean, uh, it, on paper, with the way we know these fighters, you would expect this to be a stand-up, bang-out fight, with likely Congo's chin getting checked and him getting knocked out. Unfortunately, mm. the reality is, Czech Congo is more of a wrestler <laughs> <laughs> in the majority of his MMA fights uh, that he wins. Uh, and and that's uh, Karatanov's uh, weakness, as as his last loss was to Linton like, Vassell, who just uh, who who took him down continuously. Looks like, looks like fans got Karatanov winning based on the but, vote because you can vote on the belt or uh-huh. now. Yeah, so. I mean, I don't want to pick against him, but I I I see Congo going for a takedown, and if he gets Karatanov down, I think that that's really bad news for Sergey. Mm-hmm. I, I um, like I said, what Vassell did to him. Um, uh, and that's the only guy in recent memory, but I just feel like that uh, Congo's a big damn dude, big strong dude, and if he gets down on top of you, a lot of people have had trouble getting up. In fact, I can't think of many that have. His elbows are usually pretty nasty, so I can see that happening uh, in a perfect world, Karatanov, and they go they go out there swinging, and and somebody's head flies off. You know, that's that's what uh, that's what that fight is signed for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I, but Congo's. Congo, Congo never gives you what you want. I hate to say it. <laughs> it's just true, you know. Yeah. Like, I, you know, he gets these fights, and you just you go, "Oh man, this is going to be a great fight." And then at the end of the night, it's him laying on a guy for three rounds, dropping some elbows, and uh, you know what? The crowd You're, booing. I can't disagree with you. This is this fight should be fun too. I like watching Adam Boric's fight, and JJ Wilson is undefeated. Um, I think the fans are, are heavily swayed there off of knowing Boric's more. Yeah. Um, JJ Wilson's another prime example. We mentioned he wasn't a name we threw out there when we were talking about the, the AJ McKees and stuff. And he wasn't brought in with that kind of fanfare, but he's eight. No, all seven of his eight wins in Bellator. Uh, his debut was in Bellator. Uh, he had an off fight where he fought for, uh, California cage warriors, which is basically a, you know, I want a $300 paycheck to beat the garbage man this weekend. So let's add that on the car. You know, the, 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 the record, but other than that, uh, I mean, it's a great fight and it's going to determine really who's the next threat. Uh, Borix has more to lose. Wilson has more to gain. I feel like in this fight, Mm -hmm. Uh, a win by Wilson here catapults him into that level where he's only fighting guys like Borix and higher ranked. Um, Yeah. But I I think that's a banger fight. And uh, yeah, no, it's going to be fun. You know, I, I, tough fight to pick. I like both guys. I, I've probably seen JJ Wilson fight live five or six times. You know, he, he, he fights on a lot of the LA cards and uh, 
you know, he, from being a prelim fighter where you didn't really pay attention to realizing all of a sudden he's four and oh, five and oh, six yeah. and oh, seven and oh, and, and now eight and oh, with a featured co main event fight. Yeah. And uh, speaking of fights that keep that are, uh, could be undergoing, not, I mean, not if you're watching Bellator's social, but because they've been putting out uh, Logan Storley's highlights, uh, you know, this week as we're two, only two on Tuesday, but um, he's facing Dante Shiro. I mean, uh, the 98%. On the website here, said everyone seems to be leaning towards Logan Storley. I can't disagree with that because, I mean, the dude's wrestling is definitely a problem for anybody he fights. So he's eleven and one. His only loss is a split decision to the current champion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think this fight's probably set up for him to to pick up a win, get back on the track, and then, like I said, maybe a fight with him and Korshkov is 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 something in the works. With considering that they will have wins only a week apart to uh, to line the schedule up. Uh, going to the ladder, you know, the fall. Oh, by Winter. the way, I mean, you keep mentioning Korkov. I meant to, I meant to say something when um, we were talking about him. You know, uh, in the post-fight press conference, somebody asked about Slamenko being on that Moscow car, and it looks like that's closer and closer to happening based on Scott Coker's reaction. So, I mean, it might be uh, it might be your favorite card of the year when, when that card happens. Between Minikov and Fedor already on the <laughs> yeah. card, it's, it's it's working its way there. And with all the other names, uh, I'm surprised they don't have Nemkov on the card. I'm surprised Nemkov's fighting uh, in Arizona and in the same within you know a week before. So yeah, kind of, kind of strange, but uh, but, but also there's a, lots of other fights on here to, to keep an eye out for. I mean, the Beltor prelims have been um, interesting lately. Like I said, I mentioned the. Glossner, Glossner uh, Ruiz fight from the last event. So make sure you, I mean, there's there's a couple of fighters you might recognize on here. This that fight is actually off. Um, they have to update the website. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember the reasons, but uh, ba- uh, Baby Slice and this this fight was removed from there. So, um, but uh, it, it should be fun. Should be a fun Bellator event. But uh, we only jumped to that Friday because uh, it was up on the screen. We got to bring up... Uh, we still have to look at this uh, Thursday night, the day before this one, PFL playoffs. Uh, I'm going to bring up the bracket because th- it was already up because uh, Matt and I were confused about uh, what portion, who who on the card is fighting for in the brackets and who's there just as, as featured fights. So luckily the, the PFL's uh, website and graphics team um, cleared that up for us quickly. So we're going to bring that up so we can look at uh, it looks like this portion is going to be what's featured on the ESPN Everyone Can Watch broadcast. Yeah, so this is Thursday night again. Last week's event was on Friday. This one jumps back to Thursday. And, uh, you know, some of these names here are, I'm not strongest with. <laughs> but you got Goldsoff and uh, Delijah on one side of the heavyweight bracket. Uh, and couple. Loza and Jones on the uh, on the upper side of the uh, of the men's heavyweight bracket. You know, I think Bell. I, I I think you know they brought Verdun in. I think for this tournament, they you know, and and I think you know they brought in Roy McDonald. They brought in Pettis. They brought all these guys, and I think maybe the heavyweight division might be one of the the ones that could end up being kind of a disappointment. But mm. uh, we'll see how it unfolds. Uh, you know, these tournaments are cool, but it also can potentially an upset here or there, a bad judge's decision here or there uh, huh. can, can change the history. Of, Which is uh, probably why they're not coming back to Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, exactly. That might be why they're in Florida yeah. and then uh, they're staking they're, in Florida through October. Yeah. That's the game plan. Yeah. So yeah. hard rock. Cause a hotel in Semis was at a, 
Seminole Casino in Tampa, mm-hmm. or wherever it is. I forget where it is. Hollywood Casino or yeah, Hollywood, yeah, yeah. Uh, Florida. Yeah, and then uh, and then uh, Pacheco and uh, Guardado on the uh, on the women's bracket, and then really the fight, the two seed versus the three seed. But you know, because of how it's done for the seeding mm-hmm. times and rounds and winning, Harrison uh, is is actually Kyla Harrison's actually the number two seed. She fights uh, Jenna Fabian. Um, in the uh, in the what is the main event the final fight of the mm-hmm. card uh you know i i the 155 pound women's division hasn't proven to really be a showstopper uh they've tried to move some people up from smaller weight classes to fight or uh she's already got a win over pacheco um this fight was supposed to happen i feel like in 2018 or 2019 so i'm glad that i hope hopefully nothing stops it from happening because uh I forget who when Harrison she was supposed to fight Gen, uh, Jenna Fabian. Jenna Fabian, I'm sorry, I keep messing up her name. That that whole mix, that whole media thing that when Harrison called out that dude got me got me all messed up because she corrected the dude on his name, and now now I have three versions of her name in my head. Mm-hmm, but, I um, know, uh, yeah, <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> so, um, but I feel like this was a fight we were supposed to get in 2019 that we didn't get. So I'm really looking forward to it. Hard to pick against um, Harrison in the PFL at this weight class, where that where it's the only you know place where it exists. Um, not to take away, we we already seen her cut to them down to one forty five and do well too. But um, the thing about uh, uh, Fabian is um, she's she trains with uh, Israel Adesanya and all those guys at City Kickboxing. So I'm wondering um, if if this fight is going to be tougher for Harrison than than any other competition she's faced because. Not for nothing. Do we want to see her, uh, you know, wipe the floor with Pacheco again? Because <laughs> it's already happened like twice already. <laughs> I forget how many. Yeah, it <laughs> seems like twice. Uh, yeah, I think it is twice now. You say mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I'll watch it because it's Harrison, and we've kind of all joined her career. I like her. Yeah, day one. She seems like a great person, and and uh, she dominates her fights. I just wonder. You know, like had Ronda Rousey fat or fat, fat fart. I'm all over the place today. Uh, if, if Rousey had fought, you know, coming off the Olympics at like 155, I feel like she would have been doing the same thing. She yeah. did the same thing to young, smaller women. But uh, it, it just, I, it, it, without, it's hard to fight in a division where it really doesn't exist. You know, as much as they can say it's the lightweight division, I mean, we're looking at the the top four ranked women probably at that weight class. And they're fighting right now only because that's all that there is, <laughs> you know. I mean, these are the women that won their last fight, so that's mm-hmm. all you can judge it by. Uh, I think that they she needs to get down to one forty five um, if she wants to really. I know we had this conversation about Cyborg and all that, but Cyborg had put together a resume when women's MMA was moving and, and working its way onto the mm. to the charts. If if yeah. all of a sudden it was twenty seventeen and Gina and and uh, and Cyborg had jumped into one forty five, we would have been kind of going what. What's this, you know, but she had established herself. Harrison jumped into MMA when this division really didn't even exist. The women's 155 kind of created it for her. I would say they definitely created it for her, if I'm being totally mm-hmm. honest. I just think that if she wants to have competition, then she needs to drop down at least to 135 or 145. I think that's probably as far as she can go. Um, 
and people will then you can actually have legitimate 135 fivers maybe come up and fight her but um, <clears throat> as far i don't see any way she loses uh maybe this will be a toughest competition like you said she's fighting uh a, a fighter out of a out of a well-known gym that's had super success lately um, mm-hmm. but i just wonder i you know it won't be it won't look good for her if harrison loses this fight if harrison loses then where the hell does she go i mean other than rematch the girl that beats her you know that. That's, well, I mean, that's... I, I think she has options. I mean, she's already kind of um, she's built up enough of a resume here. I think she has options. I saw an interview she did with um, MMA Mania, where she kind of kind of hinted at um, not really being interested in hanging out with um, the PFL for another season. And uh, I think it's because of uh, you know she's got a, she's got things she wants to do. She's got kids now that because she she's got uh, adopted her. Mm-hmm. I forget if it was her sisters or, or, or some a family member's children. So she's got things that are motivating her that she wants to do more. And we've already the the bad thing about the PFL as much as I love the format and what they bring to the table as far as being a, a fighters league is that you know they 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 were they held everybody back when everyone else was going. So and I think that that's one of the reasons too that she, that she I, I I definitely think Titan FC wanted her um, Invicta definitely wanted her liked having her around I know Shannon Knapp is super cool to to work with so she so I think she's got places to go you know Invicta's on Access and they're doing the pay per view model now so I think she's got she's got options I mean she might have Invicta at 145 if she's gonna go to UFC or Bellator she's got to drop down. To- or 155. She's got dropped to 145 if she's mm-hmm. going to. And the UFC is not even acknowledging 145 really anymore. And mm-hmm. she's friends with Nunes. So the UFC is not much of an option. Bellator, there is an option. If she goes down to 145, she's got some really good fights uh, between Blencow, Cyborg. You know, you got four or five good oh, yeah. fights there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, in, she, Invicta will put, put her on and they'll get her opponents. But I think if she really wants to, like, when the story's written, be known as like, yeah, the competition she wants. Yeah, you're right. I, I think Bellator has got to be her next stop and it's got to mm-hmm. be at 145. Um, or maybe a mega super fight with cyborg at like 150. Maybe you work something out and, and I don't and know. Dude, but, they've, yeah. they've, that question has come up. They've, they've, I don't know why, you know, dealing with, with the, the media members that she has to deal with that ask her these ridiculous questions that have nothing to do with where the fight in front of her, or where she's at. You know how many times they've asked her about, fighting Amanda Nunes and fighting Cyborg when she's signed with the yeah. PFL and about to fight for a PFL title. Like, like that's, it's come up enough that it could definitely be marketed because these guys have asked enough about, about, you know, fighting Cyborg or Nunes, which, which it's just like, you know, it's, 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 she's, she's a competitor. She's an Olympian. I'm so. sure she wants to do it. She, <laughs> yeah. and, and she's taking the correct road. I have no doubt that the way that she's building up her name, the way she's building up her name is going to get her paid a lot more money than it had. She just jumped into Bellator, or the UFC. She's doing the, the, the ovarium, you know, the, the let's just win somewhere else, build a name, come over. I get a mega contract, you know, right off the bat. Uh, so she's doing a great job of that and she needs experience. There's no reason for her to jump in into the water with sharks right now. I think Nunes and Cyborg would probably both give her a, you know, I think Nunes probably beats her badly right now. And I think Cyborg, unless she can take Cyborg down and not get tired, she's going to have a hell of a run there. I So I think she's doing a, the correct way to build her way to the top. I just think if she wins this tournament, the next move has to be losing that extra 10 pounds and, going into where you can fight name opponents that are going to get you uh that's going to really move you up the the lifetime 
women's fighting rankings because that's really where we're at right now. There's there's 10 women in the history of the sport that we talk about, you know, that when it comes to the historical ranking of the sport. And she's really not that far from jumping into that list if she gets a win over one of those bigger, bigger names that's just going to be in Bellator basically at this point mm-hmm. or the UFC, you know, or, you know, UFC. Like definitely said, like, no, but you're right about that. As far as fights for her, Bellator's got a lot of them. I mean, there, there was talk of uh, when they asked after the last event, they asked about, you know, because uh, Rafael Stotts wants that bantamweight tournament. I'm all in for that. But I, I know the uh, Coker had had wanted to do a women's uh, tournament. I forget for which weight class, but I know I know there was one that he wanted to do before COVID hit. And obviously now they're, they're you know plans change because of it. But um, yeah, it's definitely something that uh, if she if if she after this season, if she wants to let's say she wins this title, she's got two million bucks in her pocket. Mm-hmm. She's got a, a lot of chips to bargain with. Um, but you know, the fight with, uh, this is, this is not a, I don't think this fight's going to be a pushover fight. It's, I think it's going to be pretty rough. No, I, I hope she has, I hope she gets pushed. I, she needs that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, she wants that too. So I have no doubt that she wants that. She, like you said, she's a competitor. You don't get to that level without wanting that. But, uh, but I think that she needs it in order to, you got to face some kind of uh, controversy or some kind of, you know, you got to have some struggle in a fight if you got to, to, in my my opinion, from an outsider looking in, you gotta have a little bit of a struggle to make that next step. To okay, I survived that. I know I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, because no matter how strong of a, a person you are, I think it's got to be in the back of your mind. Like, what's going to happen if some girl gets my back and has the choke sunk in? You know, until you get a fight out of that, I think that that's got to be something there. And I'm not saying that she's thinking about that, but it, it to me, it's just part of the the fighters' yeah. progression that they they uh, evolved yeah, through. It's definitely, that. it's definitely going to be like a striker versus grappler type of fight, though, because I I think that's obviously uh, Fabian coming from city kickboxing. She's probably going to do the uh, you know uh, you try to use her reach and not not let Harrison close the cage and put her against it and take her down. Because she um, definitely had height. She's definitely got yeah inches in height on her. So yeah. it will be interesting to see how that unfolds. So that's this Thursday night. Uh, we talked about Bellator, which is on Friday, and then uh, that jumps us to the final. Well, not the final, but the the next <laughs> the next event of the weekend: uh, UFC Fight Night Cannoneer versus Gastelum. The uh, you know I don't know what your thought on the main event is. I know uh, Jared Cannoneer has been a uh, fighter that you've been. I, I think it's fair to say a fan of. Yeah, uh, no, I like him. Yeah, and somebody you've you've definitely. Uh, you know, taking the side of, as we've talked about his fights over the last couple of years, uh, he fights Kelvin Gastelum, uh, you know, former title contender, uh, you know, former uh, ultimate fighter winner. Uh, but he's a one in, I believe one in four in his last five. Uh, although all to killers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's well, yeah. One in four, but like I said, all, all to, you know, top five competition. Cannoneer, on the other hand, is coming off a loss to Whitaker, but prior to that, he had, you know, taken out Hermanson Silva and, and David Branch. Um, when he, that's when he kind of came out in this weight class after that win at, at UFC 230, and, and Yersa was there in New York. I, it's hard for me to go against the the kind of the guy who seems to be improving, um, and, and I don't necessarily know how. I guess I see this fight just being a stand up battle. Um, 
and Gastelum is known for landing that big punch, but I'm just going to pick Cannoneer to win. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I know we, we're, we're not going to do picks for the whole card. I know no. we were just going to bring up some certain fights and know and look at it, but I'm just bringing up the main one because we're talking about the main event here. Um, I it's uh, like you said, I, I've actually I'm a fan of both guys. It's this is a hard one for me to pick. <sighs> I, I I might have to. I mean, uh, I feel like we the best Kelvin Gaslam. He left the best of himself when when he fought that fight with Adesanya. I think so, so too. And I think if it was yeah. the best against the best, I think Gaslam would win the fight. But mm-hmm. I don't know what the best of Kelvin Gaslam is anymore. And maybe this yeah. fight will re reinvigorate that. You know what we know, think about him. But yeah, I, I, I that's where I'm kind of same spot. I, I don't know where he's at. Yeah. So, oh well. I mean. Uh, but uh, Clay Guida and this, uh, Mark Madsen. I know there's there's a couple of fights to note on here. I'm not going to make any picks on that one. But um, Chase Sherman and this Parker Porter fight, Vince Pichel versus Austin Hubbard, and our boy here, Brandon Royval, makes his comeback after his shoulder injury um, against Alexander Pantoja. So he's still in there for the uh, flyweights, trying to make his way up to up the ladder and and do some damage. I'm looking forward to that one, of course. As a former guest of the podcast, I'm not going to pick against Royval on that one, so we'll leave. No, that. but that's a hell of a fight right there. Yeah, yeah. That that, that has fight of the night written all over it. Um, yeah, between those guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Chase Sherman back at heavyweight. He's kind of been all over the place between bare knuckle uh, and, and bouncing back to the UFC. And uh, you still there, Ed? Yeah, I just got to switch okay. my camera. Oh, good. Uh, and then, yeah, and then the co-main event, Mark Madsen, undefeated, fights uh, the all-time, not you know, not all-time anything, but a guy who, all-time entertainer, let's say, in Clay Guida uh, in the co-main event. Uh, Madsen, you know, I know you're not going to make bridge picks, but Madsen, the Olympic wrestler, I think he uh, he smothers Guida and, and does his thing to, to continue his uh, undefeated streak. But, you know, I think the main event, you know, looking at the card, I think the, the Royval-Pantoja uh, fight and then uh, – and then the main event to me are the two that stand out that could be the two uh, fight of the night, you know, just bleed fights of the night. Uh, the Pentosia <laughs> Royval has a chance to be some really strategic grappling. I, I, I hope the injury doesn't change the way Royval fights. I know, I know. I mean, I know he was doing some interviews. I wish we could have gotten him back on this podcast to talk about this fight, but um, I forgot how we set that up anyway. I think that might've been through all access, but I don't remember. Yeah. I think, um, I think he has a history of that shoulder coming out is, is what the, the story was. So I don't think it's going to be a psychological thing. I think it's just going to be something where you hope just doesn't pop out again. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, there's a baseball player right now for the Padres, Fernando Tatis, who has the same thing where he's had his shoulder dislocate twice this year and he has a history of it. it just, oh yeah. And I forget who had it happen in boxing a lot. I, I, I want to say it was a Diego Corrales. I'm saying, I'm thinking boxing back when boxing was fun. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> oh sorry. come on! You're you're not looking forward to Tito versus Anderson, and uh, <laughs> uh, I know I'm contemplating tickets right now, which is wild. But hey, uh, no man, you go 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 do what I, you got to do, man, because it's not for nothing. My summer has been ass. Yeah, so no, if, I know it's yours... hard to pass up the opportunity. I mean, I never got to see De La Hoya box in his prime, and obviously this is not his prime, but. Just the idea of going to an event with, you know, De La Hoya, Vitor Belfort, Anderson Silva, and Tito Ortiz is just yeah, kind of. I feel like that's going to get pulled before it happens. But... That's kind of what I'm concerned about. And, and <laughs> yeah. more. That's honestly what I'm concerned about more than anything. Yeah. Uh, but we'll shall see. That's what we want to talk about. So that's UFC. And then we'll wrap up right now mentioning the uh, 
BKFC 20 card uh, also on Friday. So this brings us back today, but uh, you know, my God, what a stacked week of action. Um, Johnny Bedford, uh, Reggie Barnett Jr. uh, Square off in the main event for the Bantamweight title. Uh, This is a rematch from when Bedford uh, won the title from him. Uh, The first time they fought uh, actually the final of a a tournament. And then uh, Datwin took the title from Bedford and Datwin then uh, has, I think had contract issues with the, with BKFC and moved on. So the title becomes vacant and we now get the two uh, other than Datwin who's no longer there. These are clearly the two top Bantamweights uh, in BKFC and, and should make for a hell of a banger. Co-main event brings in Tony Lopez who anybody who's followed combat sports at all over the last two and a half decades at this point probably should know uh, 47 years old, but has fought in everybody uh, had some, had a fight of the year candidate with Joey Beltron at BKFC one, a couple years back. Uh, he fights Alan Belcher, uh, a surprise signing. I would say at the least. Uh, Did you see they at, signed uh, Chad Mendez? I saw that. That was official. Mm-hmm. Chad Mendez looking to recording, looking to debut October 22nd at uh, BKFC 22 in Arizona. So, mm. um, I don't know how to feel about that. He's still under contract with the UFC, which is a which is an uh, honestly a nice little change of policy almost over there. Uh, I imagine they kept him under contract to avoid him going uh, to another MMA organization. Uh, and the, but it would be nice to see if uh, even if it's just off fights where they're allowing guys yeah. to go to these other promotions. Well, not, I mean, not for nothing, McGregor. They they what's the word I'm looking for. McGregor started that with his May jump being able to fight uh, Mayweather, you know, like yeah. In a now, sense. Now, now, it, now, now they got to let every now they got to let these guys do. It used to be only grappling, I remember. Yeah, well, yeah. So I was gonna say yeah. they let Burns do a bunch of the grappling stuff. Guys have been able to do grappling events, um, but, but that I was think... always like that was always something because they considered it safe and not it wouldn't mess them up for fights and blah blah blah. But now, now you're looking at, you know, um, what's I, I wish uh, uh, it's it's later than normal, so. My mind's already going, but <laughs> yeah, well, it, you know, if guys are going to retire under contract with the UFC, it, it, it doesn't look good from anybody's perspective, in my opinion, for the UFC to hold anybody hostage and not allow them to do anything. If you don't want them to do an MMA fight, that's fine. That's your prerogative. That's the contract you signed. But if we got to let, if these guys need to do boxing or bare knuckle boxing or, or grappling to, to earn a paycheck and keep active, when they've basically, you know, I mean, there's so many words Mendez by relieving the UFC retiring and saying, I'm kind of over this. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's basically what you're doing when you, when you retire from, from the, the organization or from the sports. So, um, he is an interesting one though. Man packs a punch. We've always known him kind of as a blanket wrestler, uh, who would occasionally hurt people with punches, but, uh, but he, he's a little powerhouse man. And the, he might, he might knock some people silly in, in, in BKFC. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. And uh, it's weird though, how BKFC's manages to bring in all these guys. Uh, we'll see how that ends up, you know, unfolding yeah. down the line. But for right now, I mean, I know it's not for everybody. We've said a million times, but I'll definitely be watching it Friday night. Yeah. And, well, I uh, mean, that's the thing. Everyone always has something to say about BKFC, but when it's on, it's always trending. So that's, that's a valid, that's a valid, point <laughs> you know what too. I mean? Like, like not for nothing. That's what that's Friday as well. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, so it, not for nothing. Like it's Friday. It's probably going to be a little bit later than everybody else that's going on on Friday. I guarantee it'll be 
top trending for combat sports. Well, yeah, no, and 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 again, it's one of those things where you never know what what we could see happen there. I mean, we've seen craziness that even you know going back to some of the TikTok BS that they had, you know. Oh yeah, you know, with it, the guys fighting in the ring. Afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a wild west promotion, and some people like that, some <laughs> people don't. But it's good, uh, like you said, it, it it attracts eyes, and it's going to attract you know tweets and and views and everything that leads to, to well, the. We'll trending. see what like the thing you said about we'll see where you know what their future holds because I keep seeing. I mean, there's a lot of uh, influencers or insiders or whatever you want to call it talking about they might not have money for more events like, you know, till for next year or whatever. But, you know, that's all people trying to act like they're, you know. And a lot of people don't want to see them succeed. So you're going to start those kind of that talk and rumors. The bottom line is they're putting on their 20th event with actually 21 when you can sell, consider a knuckle mania event, mm-hmm. you know, and usually these organizations we talk about not having money, usually they don't get to this point a few years in. Usually it's something that, uh, that strike, you know, they don't get this far along and not continually adding guys. You wouldn't think that if you had no money, you'd add Chad Mendes. I mean, as much, as much as Chad Mendes might be fun to watch, it's not like you're going to draw a million eyes because Chad Mendes is fighting. You know I mean? It's just, just the reality of it. Um, At least not right now. Maybe, maybe down the line a couple wins and you get an opponent where it, it all the stars align, then who knows? But anyway, so that's BKFC Friday. Like I said, Thursday, PFL <laughs> Friday, uh, Bellator BKFC and, and Saturday UFC. So Woo! four events, 72 hours. Uh, and that's without going too deep. Uh, if you need more, uh, check out Krabaka Hitman, uh, Kaposa. Online. Oh yeah. There's he'll, probably other, he'll get, he'll give you the schedule. Probably, you can yeah. watch from Uzbekistan to, uh, you know, to <laughs> Kiratiba, uh, on, on streams that that he will help you find so until then though ed we'll have plenty to talk about again next week now with all these results uh check us out uh at combat hour on twitter coast to coast combat hour on instagram follow me matthew hawkins at mma hawk on twitter and instagram check out ed at carbizal on twitter carbizal on instagram old head carb on twitch and as always, again, you can check us out at www.allaccessmma.com for our video podcast. Check out our audio podcast anywhere audio podcasts are generally available. Ed, have a great rest of the week, brother. And I like the pride shirt this week. Last week, you had the old school. Uh, is that the Bushido shirt you got on? This is a Bushido shirt, but it's not a real pride shirt because I ordered oh. it from the UFC store. I keep my real pride <laughs> shirt. And then I keep the real one from Japan. <laughs> In, in a safe safe place where it doesn't get s- s- sunlight on it and stuff because that is a collector's item. So. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll enjoy the rest of the week, and uh, thanks to everybody who listened to the show. Peace. Hey, guys. Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on youtube and anywhere you listen to podcasts also if you'd like to help us out and donate uh the support links are in any of the uh podcast descriptions and some the links are also provided on our youtube channel the blogboard jungle um thanks again for listening and if you give us some support we'll give you a shout on the podcast maybe uh bring you on for a ufc pay-per-view breakdown or two thanks again